0: You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings.
1: It's so good to be in front of people. How many of you missed worshiping the Lord live? Oh, it's so good. We want to welcome, of course, everybody here in Barcelona Academy. Thank you so much for braving out the the, the, the distance. Some of you came all the way from different areas. There's somebody here who came all the way from the province to join us. I'm going to mention him in a moment. Somebody here came all the way from Rizal. It's so special to be in the presence of God, right? I want to greet everybody also joining us, all our viewers online. Maraming, maraming salamat sa patulo na support, and binibigay niyo sa ating comunidad. na. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place today. <laughs> Thank you so much for supporting us, for being part of our spiritual family, and hopefully one day we declare that you're going to be here also live with us, and that, that day is something that we will be excited about. One more time, let's give the Lord a big hand. Oh, praise Jesus. I want to give a special mention to some very special people right now. I want to honor and call out one of our leaders at the feast who recently just celebrated his uh, 45th birthday, I think, for the 15th or 20th time. Brother Buddy Tan, can you raise your hand? He's all the way in the back. Can you raise your hand? Belated happy birthday, Brother Tan. For those of you who don't know him, he happens to be, previously, he was our district builder in Cebu. But now, he's, he, he's serving as, let me see, if I, let me remember if I get this correctly, Brother Alvin, he is the Feast Provincial Region Administrator, is that correct? That's correct. All right. So, he doesn't need to have a position to serve, but he continues to serve. That's the kind of leaders that we have. Can we give him a big hand? We want to honor our leader, brother, brother Tan, brother Tan, we wish you happy, happy birthday. But there's also one leader here who happens to be a feast builder who we're all surprised. You know, we've got leaders here. we got brother Didoy, brother Lev, brother Tony, our very own FBA builders. But we got another builder here who is joining us all the way from Marikina, the builder of, of Feast San Mateo. Brother Monching, are you there? A.K.A. Uh, Cardo Dalisay in the flesh (laughs) right there. Brother Monching Bueno is one of our very humble servants of the Lord. He doesn't also need a title to serve but he serves and he's together here with his whole family. Welcome brother. Thank you so much for being here. But of course the most special people in the house it's you. So touch your neighbor and say I'm happy you're here. I'm happy you're here. Come on. Spread the love. This is a family affair and Just in case this is your first time to join our feast. Can you raise your hand if you're a first-timer? Let's clap our hands for all our first-timers here. Welcome home. Welcome to the family. Also, if you're online, give us a virtual hands up. We'd love to welcome you in a little gathering after this session called Zumustahan, where we just talk about God's work, God's love that's happening in our life, and we want to have this conversation with you. I hope that you can join. We're posting the link right now in case you want to join. Even if you're a regular timer, you can join in that little gathering, okay? But one very quick announcement, and this is something that I'm really so excited about. I know that some of you have been thinking, Brother Audie, you know, Barcelona Academy so far especially for those who are not even able to come You know, I'm, I'm used to holding a feast closer in the area of Manila in Pasay I announced a few weeks ago that we're gonna have a wonderful breakthrough celebration for Easter Sunday we're gonna have a grand Easter feast on April 17 two sessions one at 8.30 in the morning and another one at 2 o'clock p.m. but here's the best news ever we're coming home we're going home the venue will be in PICC P- C Plenary Hall. So a lot of you are excited for this. Here's the thing, okay? There is a lot of guidelines still with the event. So if you can notice, you've got, of course, we've got our very own Brother Bo Sanchez, Brother Alvin, Father Bob. And get this, we'll have feast worship leading us into the presence of God in that event. Praise God. But if you see, there are little guidelines that you need to follow, okay? Like, I know a lot of you are used to PICC. You just come and you get a seat if there's available. But because of the guidelines, of the IATF guidelines, there is a limit as to how many people we can have inside. So, there will be a registration. No fee whatsoever. It's a free event. Except that we will actually require you to register. We're gonna open the registration link. You follow our website, our our Facebook page, and our Instagram post. So we will post it exactly at 6 p.m. tonight so you can pre-register with your family. Even if you are young, you're below 18 years old. Children are allowed to come. You register them if you're not serving because we want you to be there. Okay, so you can register. We're gonna post the link so it's easier for you. We're gonna put it up in our in our in our online pages, but make sure that you register. 6 p.m. Because we'd love to have you there. Okay, we're gonna post more information about this event as the days come along. I'm sure some of you might be asking, Brother Odi, sa P I C C You want you wanna know the answer? Ask me what? Yeah. namin alam. So so pray with us, pray with us because it involves a big decision and your leaders are talking, and we will decide to the best of our abilities and the anointing that God gave us but this is a breakthrough this is our victory party we're coming out we're gonna live again we're gonna worship the Lord together with our other brothers and sisters and so I'm happy that you're happy are you happy you better be you better be this is gonna be a step in faith because we don't know how many people are coming are we gonna be able to afford the event but only God will be able to bless this event because only he can provide for all our needs can I get an amen Hallelujah. And so with that, we're going to start our talk today. We are in talk two of our beautiful series where we're talking about how to build a nation. And um, it's called Citizen, How to Build a Nation. And I'm praying that this will bless you, this will will change you, and it will minister to you. Are you ready for Word from God today? All right, if you are, I'm going to invite you to say this prayer with me deliberately as we come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why don't you join me right now, everybody? Raise your hands together with me and say this, today I receive all of God's love for me. Today I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's Word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today, I proclaim that I'm God's beloved, I am God's servant, and I'm God's powerful champion. I want you to say this out loud. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are sitting down wherever you are, our online audience, can I ask you to stand up as we give honor and reverence for God's Word. As we all sing. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Holy Spirit, use this time to speak to us. You know, we opened the series last Sunday with a beautiful message where we said that God likes politics. Can everybody say that? God likes politics. It's a little new message to think that, hey, God likes politics. He does. Why? Because God loves you. God is concerned about you. And politics is one of the the, the messiest. Like Brother Bo said, it's one of the dirtiest places and arenas in the world. And God is concerned. Because that's where sin has infected and infested the lives and hearts of many people. And what, what did we say? We're called to what? We're called to serve the Lord through politics. By discerning who the best candidate is for you. And, and looking at politics. The issues of politics through the lens of faith. And so, we're called to be restorers. Can you tell your neighbor right now? You're called to be a restorer. Not a destroyer, but a restorer. Today, we're going to move forward in faith with this message. And we want to make it a little bit personal, a little deeper, so to speak. But before I do that, can I, can I share with you a little, little story of mine, personal story? I remember when I was in college, about 10 years ago, roughly, right? I was in college, and I happened to pick up this random book that was lying around in our home. And I think it was my brother who was reading it. My brother is very intellectual. And so, the book was called Sophie's World. How many of you have ever read that? Not too many. Pangmatalino kasi yung libro si brother di No, but really, it's a very deep book. I mean, it's a philosophical book. I wasn't able to finish it. In fact, I think I read it. I was able to. I couldn't get past chapter 5 without getting a migraine. That's how deep the book was. But it's a philosophical book that tries to answer two of life's most difficult questions: Who am I? And where does the world come from? Very deep book. And not only did it not answer those questions for me because I didn't finish the book, but it also opened up a a Pandora's box of other existential questions. Like, for instance, I started asking, uh, why was I born into this family? Why am I a Villaraza and not, for instance, a Sanchez? I mean, I could have called you daddy and mommy. I could have been your brother, Ben and Francis. Why was I not a Sanchez or a Lubaton? Or a Barcelona. Why was I? Billy Ross. you ever asked that question? Why were you born into that family? Why are those your parents? Another question for me was, why was I born a dark, brown-skinned Filipino and not a light-skinned Korean like Jungkook or Shokjin? Shout out to all the BTS Army. I just lost half of the crowd who are seniors. That's the BTS army, all right? So tell your parents or your elders if they don't know who they are. Or another existential question, why am I guapo? Or or, or maybe the other serious question is, why am I delusional? (laughs) But actually, I, I still don't have the answers to all of those existential questions except for one thing, and I do know this for a fact. I know that God has a purpose. Say amen if you believe that. God's got a purpose in everything that He creates and in everything that He does. In fact, that's our big message for today. Our message today is extra special, like I said. It's going to dig deep down in your citizenship. Here's a message. I want you to tell this to the person beside you. Are you ready? Tell the person beside you, God made you Filipino for a purpose. Amen, somebody. He really did. And just in case, hey, you're a foreigner, I want you to just interchange that, that, that little line of citizenship, citizenship, that nationality, and put in your nationality. Oh, God made you Australian for a purpose. God made you Chinese for a purpose. God made you Indian for a purpose. Because God always has a purpose. Somebody shout that. God has got a purpose. Amen. We're going to read right now. And if you have your physical Bibles with you, I want you to open it all the way to Philippians. We're going to read chapter 3. Philippians is one of those epistles, or everybody say epistle. Epistle is another word for letter. It's a letter that Paul wrote, and in case you're new to the Bible, it's towards the end where a lot of the epistles are. Paul Paul wrote a lot of letters to the different churches that he put up. He wrote a letter to to the Romans. To The Corinthians, to the Thessalonians, to the Ephesians, right? To the, to the, the there's so many that Paul wrote to. To the, what else? To the um, Sharonians? The Vilmanians, maybe? The Nuranians? See, that's another existential question that I have. Lord, why did you make me so corny? Anyway, so we're reading verse 3, chapter 20. I'm just trying to have fun. Can you read it with me? It's a very short passage. Everybody, put your eyes towards the screen and on a count of three. Let's all read. Ready, set, go. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. Tell your neighbor very quickly, you're a citizen. Yes, you are. You know, quick, quick, quick trivia. This is the only time in any of the epistles or letters that Paul wrote that he actually uses the word citizen and is to address the people of Philippi why is this? It's because the people of Philippi were special people. Let me explain very quickly. Philippi was a city where two kinds of people lived. The people who were born in Philippi, but the people who were actually residents, who transferred and moved into Philippi. And most of them were retired Roman soldiers. So when they finished their, their duty, their service to the Empire, the Emperor gave them land so they would reside in Philippi. So. If you lived in Philippi, chances are many of them were dual citizens. Not only were they residents of Rome, but they were also residents of Philippi. I have two friends. We have two friends. In fact, some of you know them who are dual citizens. Do you know people who have dual citizenship? My first friend who is a dual citizen is Brother George Gabriel. You remember Brother George? I call him my brother from another mother or my brother from the same father. Brother George Gabriel, he's now in New Zealand together with his family. And Brother George, get this. He's, he has dual citizenship. Not only is he a Filipino citizen, but he's also an American citizen. He was born in the US. Some of you did not know that. The other friend that we have who is also a dual citizen is Brother Adrian Panganiban. Not only is Brother Adrian a Filipino citizen, but he's also a senior citizen. <laughs> All the senior citizens, raise your hand. Come on, senior citizens. I see the parents of Brother Poinching right there. (laughs) Congratulations. You are also dual citizens. So what was Paul doing here? Let me explain, all right? Paul was recognizing the duality of citizenship. And this is beautiful, okay? This is something that I believe we can all relate to during this time. Paul was saying that you're not only a citizen of Philippi, but you're also a citizen. He says here, you are citizens. We are citizens of heaven. And if you relate this to what's happening today, you know, you, you realize that, hey, you know, yes, we've got different political candidates that we're supporting. We, we've got different political alliances that we want to belong to. We've got different political ideologies and beliefs that we, we adhere to. But make no mistake. At the end of the day, you are all, we are all, part of one body, the body of Christ. Newsflash, when you get to heaven, and I pray, I pray that we all get to heaven one day. You know, in heaven, there will be no partisans, there will be no party lists, there will be no political alliances, because in heaven, all of us are one group of chorus and choral, praising the Lord, our one God. That's what heaven will look like. No, no politics in heaven. There will be politicians, we pray. But there will be no politics there. God will reign supreme. God will be sovereign in that kingdom. And we're all going to be brothers and sisters. So I want you to look at that person beside you. Come on, real quick. You know that person might have a different candidate that they're supporting. But at the end of the day, that person belongs to God. And that person is loved by God. Can I get an amen from everyone? Amen. God made you who you are for a purpose and that's our message for today and I want you to bow down your heads very quickly. Close your eyes if that's something you want to do to experience God's presence in this place. Lord, thank you that your presence is felt and it's tangible. Even if the people on the other side of the screen, Lord, are not here, I believe that you're there. That's more than enough. We pray that your grace and your wisdom would fall upon our hearts, Lord, and change us and minister to us. Heal us, Lord, from our anger, our bitterness, our selfishness, and our pride that blinds us, Lord, to the work that you are doing. Let love reign, Lord, during this time in our life, in this time of our nation. Let let peace reign. Let understanding reign. And let your presence be felt. Minister us, Jesus. Only you can change us. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 One more time, everybody. Lift up your hands and give honor to God's word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Give the Lord a big hand, everybody. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We thank you. We honor you. You can park yourselves in your seat. You can take a seat, everybody online. Tell somebody beside you, God is going to speak. So listen. Amen. We're going to have fun today, I can imagine. Uh, It's so good. You know, we're going to talk about one of the most… How do I say that? We're going to talk about something that's relevant. Uh, One of the difficult issues that a lot of people talk about today is is this topic. Um, The topic between the separation between church and state. You ever heard of that term? That people are saying that the church and the state, they're separated. You can't meddle with the one and the other. and, and, And that's why people complain. You know, people are complaining to priests who use the pulpit and the platform to talk about politics. You can't do that. There's a separation between church and state. But you know what, in order for us to understand this topic, and I do hope that you're listening right now because this is going to help you. When somebody comes up to you with this topic, you know you already have something in mind. That there's a separation between church and state. Except that there's something that you need to know, okay? Let's go back to the beginning of when this started. Let's go all the way back to the 18th century. Anybody born already in the 18th century? Nobody? 18th century, this was, this was promulgated as part of our Constitution. But it wasn't only until the 16th century, two centuries before, that the Spanish came. Right? They, they 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 colonized us and they introduced Catholicism. It became our state religion. That's why, you know, the country's predominantly Catholic, although now we've got a lot of other, lot of other different religions. But let me explain how that happened. In the 16th century, the Spanish came and then they, they instituted the Catholic religion. And back then, there was no separation between church and state. They were one and the same thing. They were like, you know, like this. They were united. The real unity. And, 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 and they had unity. Because, number one, the state could, for example, they could dictate to the church, number one, that, you know, who to put up as a bishop, who to nominate as a church leader. Or maybe they could even tell where to build the churches. That's how they did it, right? And then, on the other spectrum, the church also shared equal power with the state. Do you remember that? If you studied the life of Rizal in, uh, in the books that he wrote, how, how the Spanish friars had equal power as those of the gobernador general, right? And that's where the problem actually started. Because the spiritual leaders that people trusted, the Filipinos, they were the ones, some of them, who committed abuse and maltreatment to the Filipinos that they called Indios. You remember your history? And so, the Filipinos started retaliating. They started fighting back. And it was in 1898 that they drafted a constitution that made the separation of church final and official. And that is why we have the separation of church and state. Yes, we might have lost Catholicism as our state religion. That's why we've got a lot of other different religions now. But actually, the separation between church and state was a good thing. Everybody say it's a good thing. Why? Why? Because now, the state cannot tell and cannot control what the church can teach and preach. That's why sometimes you see priests. You know, every so often, you would see priests take a stand. What is good, what is right, what is evil. You know, they fight against evil. And some people complain. But here's the thing, you know, like everything else in life, you need balance. Can you tell that to the person? The one that you haven't been speaking to since since the beginning. Tell that person, you need balance. Come on, say it like a minute. You need balance, my friend. Like everything else in life, you need balance. So if there is a priest or a spiritual leader who talks about politics non-stop, guess what? That's problematic. Because politics may be important in our facet, especially in our season right now. But we all know it's not the only thing that we need. If the priest will come here or if the preacher will just come here and talk about politics, about the nation, about this, it's good. But make no mistake, I mean, you've got other things that you need to feed your soul, right? Forgiveness, belief, faith, hope, love, all these things. That's why here at the Feast, we try our best. You notice that we build a structure of different themes and topics. Sometimes we talk about money. Sometimes we talk about relationships. Sometimes we, we, we talk about habits. Sometimes we talk about all these other things. Why? Because everything needs to be balanced but let me go back there to the separation between church and state. That's why now you've got people rising up to take a stand. Spiritual leaders banding themselves together and saying, this is who you should vote for. This is what you need to vote for. Why? Because there is a separation between church and state. But let me clarify. You need to listen to this. Are you listening? Say, I'm listening. The separation between church and state listen to this is not about what the church cannot do but it's about what the state Cannot do, And one of the things that the state cannot do is to control what the priests will teach us, what our spiritual leaders will teach us. And one of the things that I believe as a church we should be teaching people is voters' education. Do you agree with me? It's not necessarily to endorse a candidate, but it's to teach voters' education. Let me put it this way. I think you can understand it better this way. If the state's role is to elect officials— You want to know what the role of the church is? Ask me what? A little louder. What? It's to educate consciences. It's to help you and educate. You know, deep within, what is God trying to teach us? To discern. That's why you notice there are a lot of bishops over the past few decades, they've been encouraging people to go through what they call circles of discernment as a community, as a family, as a small group. You know, talk about it. And then look at the qualifications of each person. You come together spiritually. You pray, you discern. Very quick, I'm going to teach you five C's of what we're learning from the church of the different qualifications. We've given you some already, but very practical tip, okay? Practical tip is don't forget local politics. Don't forget local politics. I know that every election, all eyes are always on the national level. Who am I going to choose as president, vice president? senatorial. Have you chosen your Magic 12? You have already your candidate. I hope that you already have studied who your candidates are. But that's the only thing that sometimes we put our focus on. Meanwhile, we forget the local government. Listen to this. No matter how great your president is, no matter how good your leader is on top, if you've got a bad mayor, you still got problems, right? Because they don't have the solution to the immediate problems of of your community. So, Please put the focus also on your LGUs, on your local politics. Pray and discern who the leaders God needs to put in that place. Okay, are you still here? Somebody say, I'm still here? All right, I'm gonna go through five C's of how we can learn. This is very practical, all right? It's more of a teaching lesson than it is a preaching lesson, so I hope that you stick with me. We're gonna learn the five C's of uh, the qualifications of what we need to look for in every leader in every candidate who is applying to be our leader the first is this it's called conscience everybody say conscience conscience is a very powerful thing because conscience is the only thing that separates you between the animals out there between the beasts out there and how do you find somebody who's got a good conscience somebody who's got a moral compass how do you know brother odi if this person looks like they've got a moral compass they post about god all the time i don't know check their platform Are their platforms showing that they've got a good moral compass? Like for instance, are they pro-life? Are they pro-poor? Are they pro-dignity? And here's the thing. You will not find a candidate who will best fit all of your non-negotiable standards. There's no such thing because only Jesus would fit your standards. But here's what you need to do. You look for a candidate that fits the closest to what you adhere to. Because if that person is closer to the, the principles that you believe in, it's easy to pray for them. It's easy to sway them to go to that part. Uh, aside from, except for, 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 for instance, you know, when you think about it. If you compare that to somebody who is far away from the principles that you hold dear to your heart, it's harder to convince them. If, for instance, you're pro-poor, but that other candidate is pro-rich, how are you going to convince that other person? There's a gap, right? Or if you are pro-life and the other is pro-non-life or, or, or what do you say, pro-death? Is there such a thing? So. You look for somebody who is closest to your principles because you can pray for them. Here's the second thing. It's called competence. Everybody say competence. Competence. Can I ask you a question? Would you ride an airplane if you know that the pilot is uh, funny and tall and comes from a good family background but did not pass the pilot's exam? Would you ride that airplane? All right. Unless you want to go to heaven right away, then you'd ride that plane. You wouldn't. In the same thing that applies to what's happening in our country, would you choose a candidate that you know it's not equipped to navigate our country, you know, to a better path? Look at their past achievements. Look at their at their at their at their at their um the things that they've done. You know, you look at their track record, so to speak. That's how you find competence. We want somebody who has the experience to navigate where we want want to go. Here's the third thing. The third qualification is called compassion. Compassion. Say compassion. We always say that Jesus is a man of mercy, a man of compassion. We want a leader who is compassionate. Somebody who's got the poor in their heart. Not just somebody who would give a dole out you know, just because it's election season. But somebody who has actually, you know, a long term platform for the cause of the poor, the suffering, to alleviate their their status in life. Somebody who's compassionate like Jesus. The fourth thing you look for is companionship. Companionship. Companionship is important. It's another way of saying friendship. I said this last week that you can tell an awful lot about a person based on the company that they keep, the people that they keep. Are there people surrounding this candidate that you know is influential and that they're indebted to? That's dangerous because then they'd start listening to that person and not listen to, you know, the Holy Spirit or good influences. So you look at the people that they hang around with and the last qualification is this. I pray that it's helping you. The last is called commitment. Say commitment. Commitment. Commitment is good because it's, it's going to be a relationship and make no mistake, this is a six-year relationship with your leader. Some of you don't even last in a relationship for a year if you know that the other person lacks commitment, right? So this is a six-year relationship with somebody, so choose well. Choose somebody who's got a strong political will, somebody who has the follow-through. achieving the goals. Not just somebody who will just say the nicest things or the most beautiful things to get your vote, but you know that this person has the political will to take us all the way to six years of growth, six years of development, six years of of, of goodness and good governance. Everybody say amen. I don't know if you're listening or you're sleeping because you're so silent. I don't know if it's the topic that we're preaching, Brother Bo, but it's a difficult topic. I wish that Brother Didoy would just come here and preach this message. (laughs) But let me end, let me end, and I'll call our next preacher. I want to end with this. Paul has been teaching us, you know, Paul is saying here, he's recognizing the duality of citizenship. And Paul is saying that, you know, um, Paul is saying we are citizens of heaven, and so he's saying this, yes. You might have a different political background, a different, different political ideology. You might even support a, a different political candidate and be loyal to that candidate. But you know, make no mistake, at the end of the day, we never forget where our loyalty should lie in. Paul says that we are not just citizens of this country. We're not just citizens of Philippi, but we're citizens of the world. And so yes, pray. Pray for the misinformation, for the violence, for the anger, for the bitterness, for for the lack of love that's being bombarding, that's bombarding us everywhere. But also pray for the actual missiles that's bombing the people in Ukraine. Also pray for those who are going hungry right now because we're citizens of the world. But ultimately, we're citizens of heaven. Look at the person again beside you. Can you give them a sweet, sweet smile? They are a citizen of heaven. Do they look like they're a citizen from heaven? Yes, absolutely. lang. you're going to be spending 20 more minutes with that person. They are citizens of heaven. So yes, no matter what happens, let me preach this now, no matter what happens, at the end of this election, no matter who sits in that position, in the highest position, no matter who gets elected. Make no mistake, my dear friends, God still has His plan. God is still sovereign. The last time I checked, God is still working the good for all those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. God is still for the good, and God will fight for the good. During this election season, a lot of people will make promises to you. Left and right, they're gonna make promises. They're gonna promise heaven and earth and the stars, they're gonna deliver. But we all know the truth. We're all broken. There's only one person who will promise and will deliver that promise and His name is Jesus. And so we trust Jesus. We thank Jesus. We walk with Jesus. There is a purpose why God made you who you are, why He planted you in that family, why He planted you in that organization or that company. And I pray that you get to discover that. One more time, touch your neighbor and say, God has a purpose. Let's give the Lord a big hand one last time as we welcome right now our preacher and our friend. Everybody, give your big hands to Brother Bo Sanchez. Thank
0: you, brother. Odi Villaraza, big hand. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Imagine if God made you not Filipino. Imagine if you were born in Japan with a Japanese family. Wouldn't that be cool? You'd be bowing a lot instead of shaking hands. You'd be eating sushi every day. Woo! You'd be having morning calisthenics in your office every day. Or imagine if you were born in Switzerland. You would be right now 6'2, blonde hair, blue eyes. Oh, shucks. But no, you were born a Filipino, brown kind, funny, beautiful, smart, amazing. God made you Filipino for a purpose. And what's the purpose? It's this purpose. God, He made you His Filipino agent of transformation. That's what He did. Can you put your hands over your chest and everybody say, I'm God's Filipino. One more time, just declare who owns you and and who created you and the purpose that He has for your life. Say that with me again. I'm God's Filipino. You are God's Filipino. So how can we transform the world? I'm gonna, I'm gonna read a passage from the book of Ephesians. God has callings for you. He has a special gift that He gave you. And He wants you to use that gift so that you can transform this world and to transform this country. From Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, I want you to read it with me. What Jesus did was He gave special roles. Everybody say roles. To different people. Let's read together. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So the five roles are, let's review, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, I want you to think about this very carefully. Out of all those five, I think the most confusing would be the word prophet. Ask me why. Louder. Because in almost all cultures in the the world, the word prophet means somebody who can predict the future. Yes or no? In almost all cultures, that's what it means. A Nostradamus. A Madam Auring. I'm dating myself there. Some people just don't know who that woman is. But somebody who can predict the future, that's a prophet. But in the Bible, everybody say, in the Bible, it's different. The word prophet does not mean somebody who can predict the future. The word prophet in the Bible is somebody who will speak about current events. Everybody say, current events but from a cosmic perspective. Everybody say, cosmic. So when you read the book of Revelations, for example, there are a lot of authors and preachers and teachers who will look at the book of Revelations, the last book in the, in the, in the New Testament, and they will say, this is about this guy that's happening in Russia, and this is about what's happening in Iraq, and this is what's happening in the United Nations. And I say, no. The author of the book of Revelations is talking about the current events in the first century. But he was speaking about it from a cosmic perspective. Now, why am I saying all that? Because, so brother Bo, what is prophet really in the Bible? He's like the covenant watchdog. He's like the guy who says, you've made a covenant with God and I'm going to watch you. I'm going to tell you if you do not do your covenant. Think of the prophet Nathan, who confronted King David. And, and, and it's really he, really, he was really good, King Nathan. You know, he knew that if he told, he told David, David, you committed adultery and you committed murder. He didn't do it that way. He said, David, King David, once upon a time, he, he said, let me tell you a story. He said that once upon a time, there was this rich man who had huge flock. A flock of, sh- of sheep and goats. And then some guests came. And he wanted to entertain them and feed them. But instead of getting one sheep from his own flock, from his own backyard, he goes to his neighbor, a poor guy with only one little lamb. And he grabs that lamb and feeds his guests. King David was so angry. And he said, I am going to punish that guy. And then the prophet That's why prophets, covenant watchdog, the the prophet tells King David, you are that guy. Oop. You got Bathsheba from Uriah. You killed him. You committed adultery. Think of John the Baptist. That's another prophet. He goes to King Herod. And what does he say? He says, you're committing adultery. What did King Herod do? Chops off his head. That's what prophets do. They take stands, and then they suffer the consequences. How many of you want to become a prophet? Raise your hand. No volunteers? You you like your head? Now, I want you to know that in the kingdom of God, you need both prophets and evangelists. Brother Bo, you you explained what prophet is. You did not explain what an evangelist is. Can you, can you ask me, what is evangelist? I'm happy you asked. Evangelist is someone who welcomes sinners and actually parties with them. Did you hear me? No, you didn't. The evangelist parties with sinners. So they're very, very different. The kingdom of God needs both prophets and evangelists. Ask me why? I'll tell you in a while. But that's where the conflict comes in. Everybody say conflict. The conflict in community, the conflict in churches. It's when prophets, everybody say, I'm listening. This is a very important point. It's when prophets want everyone to be prophets. And it's when evangelists want everyone to be evangelists when in fact God gave and distributed specific calls and specific gifts to everyone it's when conflict arises when the prophet says the prophet tells the evangelist and the apostle and the teacher and the pastor you're a coward you have no spine wala tindig take a stand masama there is evil. You've got a name, evil. But love the sinner, love the sinner, kapa. And then the evangelist says to the prophet, but but kailangan galit. Do not bash people, di ba ang evangelio about love, and so you've got a conflict between the prophet and the evangelist, not realizing God gave specific gifts and calls to different people and that the kingdom of God needs both. Do I hear a loud amen? Amen. You need both. There are bishops who are prophets. Yes or no? They from the pulpit will declare their stand and it stings. There's a solid punch But how many of you also understand that not all bishops do that? You understand me? There are bishops who actually like dialogue. And why? Again, you need both. I was 12 years old when I came to know Jesus. I started preaching and serving God when I was 13. We started Light of Jesus, this community, when I was 14 and I led it for 39 years. And I want you to know that in all those 39 years, I envied, envied prophets. When I look at a prophet, I say to myself, Oo nga, there's something wrong with me. Tapang Ta Tapang talaga? You know, for 39 years of the Light of Jesus community, not once, not once did we ever come out with a statement about a national issue. Yung mga ibang community, Couples for Christ, Ligaya, BCB, kung la- yung mga ibang community, nagbibigay ng political you know, statement, written down, declarative, this is what we stand. For 39 years, we, d- we did not. And, and, and you know, when people will ask me, Brother Bo, parang tayo lang ang tahimik. You, we, we need to say what we, what we believe in. About this issue, about that issue, and my answer is this: I tell them, "Nagsalita naman si Bani. Yun alam. Yun alam statement. rewrite pa natin. So I would, I would wiggle my way out of it. You know, after 40 plus years of leadership, I've come to realize this. Dati hindi ko tinatanggap ngayon tanggap ko na. I am probably an apostle because I pioneered the movement. I'm an evangelist for the unchurched. I'm a pastor to the flock. I'm a teacher, of Yeshua to the spiritually hungry. But I've come to accept, I'm not a prophet. I'm not. Prophets take stands. I'd rather that we take a walk and we talk. That's just me, by personality and by ability and competence. Am I wrong? No. Is the prophet wrong for taking stands? No, we both need that in the body of Christ. Recently, the leaders of the community, I stepped down, by the way, two, two and a half years ago. The top leaders of the community asked me recently, Brother Bo, we want to write a statement about the elections. Is that okay?" I said, I'm not the leader anymore. (laughs) This is your call. If you believe this is what God wants you to do, you do it. And what they did was amazing. They listened to all the leaders that they could. National leaders, provincial leaders, Metro Manila leaders, international feast leaders. They just asked them, you know, tell us what we want. What you would want us to write in that statement. And after listening to everybody, they wrote this beautiful, beautiful statement. We read it here a few weeks ago. And it was, I, I really believe it was amazing. It was beautiful. I just want you to know that, that I'm happy I'm no longer the leader because there are better leaders now leading the community. But the fact remains the fact remains people would compare Brother Bob, Boti pa yung ibang community, not endorse nang candidate kayo hindi parang masyadong vague mas mabuti sila i smile and i say welcome to the catholic church welcome to the kingdom of god palagay ko yung community community na yon, maraming propeta dito maraming evangelist yun lang yun but we all serve the king which brings me to. By the way, people also ask me this question, Brother Bo. But walang politics sa social media mo. You don't post anything about politics. Again, I explain. If I post something on politics in social media, what I notice that it does not invite conversation it invites a reaction. If I post politics in my social media, what happens is I tell you what I think. I don't hear what you think. And as someone who is an evangelist, I don't like that. I want conversation. And so what I do is anywhere I go, I talk to the waiter, I talk to the driver, I talked to the neighbor and I asked them, Who is Bakit naman?" And then we share and we have a conversation. And even if at the end, we still disagree, it's okay. You know why? In the end, we kami. And that is somebody who is an evangelist. And sometimes what we need to do is really ask ourselves, what gift did God give me? What calling did God give me? I'm going to respond to that. This is what I need to do. Can I invite you to stand up? In this election season, I want you to respect each other's political choices, but I also want you to respect each person's calling from God. And today, can I invite you? As we come to the Lord in worship, everybody say again, I'm listening. listening. Wave at me and say, I'm listening. listening. You are a Filipino citizen. Raise your hand if you are. You also are a kingdom citizen. Raise your hand if you are. As a Filipino citizen, you have to obey, you have to follow your president. Yes or no? Does your president know you? I don't think so. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe Brother Alvin. Brother Alvin, a meeting na yan. Sa mga presidente at sa mga senador, you know, very active yan. But for most of us, the president doesn't know me. You are a Filipino citizen, but you are a citizen of the kingdom and the king of this kingdom knows you. He does not only know you, He loves you. And He does not only love you, He died for you. And today, I want you to worship. Worship is recognizing, Tamazi, Brother Odi, recognizing your loyalties. At the end of the day, you are loyal to the King. And so I want you to worship Him. And worship is not just singing a bunch of songs. Worship is obedience. Worship is loyalty. Worship is surrender. Worship is coming before God, coming before the King of the Kingdom and saying, reporting for duty. But you say it with a smile because this King loves you and this King is committed to you. And this King, yes, He has all, all the five qualities that all was talking about when you choose a leader. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Lift up your hands if this is a comfortable posture for you and just say this with all your heart. My Jesus, my King, I am your follower and I submit my life to you. You made me Filipino for a purpose. You gave me gifts for a purpose. You called me, gave me a specific call. For a purpose, Jesus, I submit my life to you. Thank you for loving me. Take this moment just to bask in the King's love. Take this moment just to surrender yourself to the love that this King has for you. Get lost in that love. Immerse yourself in that love and then worship Him. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph radio.